Here we are, ladies and gentlemen, where I sit next to Zach Meisel, where he is attempting to do what no podcast host has ever done before, and that is actually come home from something from Vegas in the middle of a podcast. TJ Zuppi, Zach Meisel, and we are recording this today, Monday, from the winter meetings, which happen to be where, Zach? Viva! God, I hate this city. <laughs> How are you doing, man? You've been out here for a little longer than I Hold on. Let me spin the slot machine real quick. Uh, Nothing. <laughs> as you can tell, there were no bells and whistles. Nothing happened. So we are here in Vegas where the Indians are hoping to hit a jackpot of their own and bring oh. home something of significant value for one of their two starting pitchers. I just and, won $3. <laughs> and you're back to even. Well, Not for just the week. sitting here. Um, so it's attempting Zach to get something done for one of the two starters, something we've anticipated was going to happen. It seemed like it got more real as the Carrasco news hit last week as far as with the extension. And as we sit here today, it does seem like Maybe foregone conclusion is too strong. There could always be a, a snag in the process. There could be other ways that they stumble across moving some salary. But really, as these weeks have gone on, it has felt more and more real to me that they're going to move either Corey Kluber or Trevor Bauer. The question is, which one is it going to be? And as we talk to a number of people here that are asking that same question, that's, that's essentially what everyone wants to know. Which of those two is it going to be? Yeah, I I don't think they have to trade one of the two, but I would be very surprised at this point if they didn't move one of them. And naturally, doing a radio hit, and I said, gun to my head, I'd say, guess that Bauer is the guy, and then reports come out that it seems like maybe Kluber's the guy as I'm doing that radio hit. So who knows? And until someone's actually moved especially with the winter meetings, you know, believe half of what you read and none of what, half of what you see and none of what you read. I don't think that's how it goes. Is that believe half of what you see and none of what you hear? Yes. Maybe? Do Um, you think, okay, since that's been the question, and we've written about this a number of times, But just based on what we know so far, the actions that they've taken here recently and just sort of reading the tea leaves as best as you can, is it fair to just ask which of the two they would prefer to trade or does it go deeper than that? No, I think it's just a matter of what they can get more for. I mean, if it it, it depends honestly more on who they're dealing with than their own thoughts. Uh, Honestly, they probably... This is I don't want to be quoted on this or anything. Like this is more speculation. This is not this is not from the team. If I'm Chris Antonetti, I'm thinking Kluber's been so consistent. He has that track record. I know Bauer might be better moving forward. I know he's on the rise. Still not 100% confident he can be an absolute Cy Young front runner every year. He's got that potential. I also am would be growing kind of a little tired of his antics on social media and He's only got two years remaining on his deal, or two years of team control remaining, and those are arbitration years where he's probably going to get 
I don't know, 11 million this year and maybe 15 to 20 million the year after. Whereas Kluber signed for three years. I know what that contract is. I'd probably want to trade Bauer and sell high and, and reap the rewards of someone who's only going to be here two more years. But if another team would rather have Kluber and would give you more for Kluber, you do that. I, I don't think the Indians, I think they have leverage in the idea that this isn't the only route they can take. It's probably the best route, as we've been saying for a month and a half now. They could move Kipnis or Encarnacion or something like that. I don't know that they'd be better off. Um, but they still have leverage because it's earlier in the offseason where they don't have to move either of these guys. So at this point, the ball's kind of in the court of the rival teams where it's just a matter of who will give you that piece that another team won't. And that's what these next few days are going to be about. You'll see a lot of reports, and like I said, we were reporting this on Monday. Something could happen as we're sitting here at these slot machines and Zach's wasting away and trying to figure out how he's ever going to go home and how he's ever going to face his wife to tell her all oh, the money. Why was that not something? That he's dollar lost. signs in a seven with fire on it? <laughs> Just look at the, the... See that? You don't get anything for that. Why? You get nothing. You get actually match oh, and... Get, I see? needed three dollar signs. Yeah, see? Okay. You don't get anything for that. Um, I'm running out of money. And I'm just losing my train of thought as I see you lose this all your bad. money. What's the max bet? Uh, I think you've already reached that. That's don't come home. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so all of this can happen over the next few days. You're going to see a lot of reports of people looking for that last bit of leverage. You're, you're essentially just trying to get a lot, a, lot of, a lot of times you might get close. You might be talking about a, a group of names that you like. But you can't maybe narrow down that last one, or you can't quite get that last piece that you're looking for to push this over the top. And that's where you start to see some of the reports come out. You know, team might take a lead, or talks might be quote unquote intensifying, as John Morosi uh, tweeted early. What earlier does that mean, today. by the way? Intensify. Like- it means that Antonetti has now taken his level of speaking in the phone from a four to a seven. So it was, hey, what do you think about Cody Bellinger for Kluber? And today it's, what do you think about Cody Bellinger for Kluber? That's intensifying? Yeah. It's sort of like... Is it more effective that way? When fans want to hear reporters ask tougher questions, which just means raise the level of your voice. Right. That, that makes the question on a Love you, tougher. fans. <laughs> does that mean... When you hear these things, does that mean that things are going to happen, that they're close to happening sometimes it can but other times it can just be teams just like i said trying to get that last thing that last thing across the finish line that just last bit of a piece that you want to get a deal like this done or or make it worth it value-wise well until a deal is official anything you see on social media has motive behind it there's a reason why a reporter is told that talks are intensifying and that's because one of those teams wants more action they want teams to say oh god the Dodgers are going to get Kluber well we better jump in there and make a good offer um so there might be teams that are waiting specifically on another free agent I might say let's revisit this once a and b and c happen and if the Indians are are trying to make teams believe that maybe a deal is closer elsewhere just maybe that dollars Maybe that pushes, and you're down like 12. Maybe that pushes a team to 
elevate their their level of need. You're just looking to create some desperation at this point. Yeah, and and I don't know. The winter meetings are a, such a clusterfuck too. You know, like everyone's under one roof. Anyone who's interested or Kluber in Kluber or Bauer is going to sit down or have extensive chats with the Indians this week. And that's why I think a lot of times you see deals maybe made right after the winter meetings um, where this is a really... And the Indians have been doing their groundwork. They've been laying the foundation for this for weeks now. But this is when you hammer out those details. You, you narrow your focus. You, you come to an understanding with maybe three clubs. Here is the final offer. And then you just weigh what those those three offers are and, and you make a decision for next week, something like that. I, I, I'd be, I, I know this is going to come back to haunt me. I'd be surprised if a trade was finalized while we're here, but this is, this is where like, you know, the Indians have been kind of sitting at the gate for a few weeks. Well, now they're on the runway and like, they're going to fire up the engines. And I think next week we take off. How's that for a little metaphor? If I'm the Indians though, I want to get a deal done here. I would prefer to get a deal done here. I don't want a team to go back with a clear head and think about it for a few days. It comes back to when you get the answer you want, hang up. And that's, that's sort fine. of how I have envisioned this going. You want to create that level of desperation. You want to create a level of chaos. You want a team to believe they're not going to get the guy that they've had in the back of their mind. When you're thinking about a fantasy trade, a fantasy fantasy trade, hardball dynasty and you start to look at the pieces you might get back anybody that's played fantasy football or baseball can relate to this you start envisioning how that would fit in your roster and by the end of it you can't envision a scenario where you don't get that guy that's what the indians want to create for for kluber bauer they want a team to be thinking about what their rotation would look like with one of those guys in it and they want to get to a point where they start to walk away from the table and create the leverage that they need i thought maybe that's what was happening when reports of the Rays being interested in one of the Indians' DHs, you know, whether it's Edwin and trying to create a, an avenue to get that done by including maybe Yandy Diaz or something like that. I know Paul Hoynes had written something to that effect. The Indians need to create some leverage for themselves in this situation because teams know that they have to create or have to move around their cap space. And if teams know that and they know that this is the best way you're going to get it done and they don't believe you're going to be able to find a way that's going to get Kipnis or Encarnacion off your books, the Indians lose some leverage, and you can create some by making scenarios seem plausible where you can move some leverage that doesn't, or move some salary that doesn't involve Kluber or Bauer. I'm with you, and I think with each passing day of the offseason, the Indians do lose a tiny bit of leverage, but we know the Indians are sticklers here where a lot of times in trades they ask for a ton. They've had this reputation for a while now, and it's served them well over the years. I would rather have that reputation, by the way, as opposed to the team that when they really need to swindle somebody, they call that, hey, that, yeah, call that team up yeah, because we know we, we know we can get them. Right. We know we can get what, what we want from them. But because of that, too, I think I'm with you. If, if, if someone meets the Indians' demands, we're going to have a deal. But I guess I'm just skeptical that the Indians are just going to call the Dodgers and be like, hey, we want this, this, and this, and take it or leave it because we've got good offers elsewhere. And the Dodgers are just going to be like, okay. Like, they're, they're, I, I just... I'm with you. If you get the deal that you're dreaming of, you say yes, for sure. I just am skeptical that that's going to happen. That ha like, No, I, I get that. I, I'm just saying if I'm in the Indians' position, I want to create a level of desperation at the meetings because things can get 
kind of charged here because you have everybody in one place and things can change very quickly with one conversation, one, ch- one change of mind from or- one organization that you're not anticipating. Things drastically change. You know, how many times do you see a report indicating one thing and then the, the last minute it ends up completely different? Was that reporter making something up or did something change through the pipeline? And that's what you can see happen in these sorts of situations. Things can, on a dime, no pun intended, can very drastically change, whether it's Zach's bank account or what the Indians are trying to get done in the trade market. You know, I heard Tito was playing high limit blackjack yesterday. Also heard he was, he's been here since Wednesday, which (laughs) hasn't, he he beat me by a day, which makes him kind of pathetic, but he's probably winning. Yeah, I guarantee things have gone better for him than they've gone for you so far. It's going to be interesting. So, you know, the, the winter meetings here, we've got basically three full days, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, where teams are in meeting after meeting and going over things. They go stir crazy. A little different in Vegas because they can walk around. And, you know, if you walk around at other locations where the meetings have been held in the past, you, you basically you go downstairs and there's just hundreds of reporters waiting for you. Sure. And, and it's, it's they have not left their suite for days in the past because they want to avoid that. This is a little different where you go downstairs and sneak off to the casino, sneak off to a different casino, sneak off to, there's tons of restaurants. So I almost feel like I'm with you with the whole, when you're here, you don't have a clear head, Um, but it's easier to get fresh air here. Like in the past, if I was a team, I would not want to make any trade because I feel like by even like Tuesday night, my brain would be going crazy because I'm cooped up in this little suite and haven't been able to see what outside looks like and all I've been doing is trade analysis and free agent analysis and it would be pretty taxing here it might be a little different well knowing here's where I will be really interested if a deal gets done knowing where the Indians as you said what their reputation is and also us having a little bit of background on how how high their demands started where they where they began asking teams for their return where does that dwindle down to because we sort of have that knowledge that they're going in with a high ceiling if they come out on the other side of this trade and it's nowhere close to the level that many of us have anticipated they would need to make a move like this that's that'll say a lot about the process a lot about how desperate they truly are to move some salary and how maybe little options they had elsewhere if they get the package that they were seeking, then this will clearly look like what we thought it should have, them holding all the cards. Again, no pun intended. If they walk away with less than what we anticipated, it's going to be hard to defend that. Uh, agreed. And we won't. But it's also... We have to wait and see. I mean, it's... They... I've tweeted this, and I've had people, like, skewer me for it. Every indication is if they trade Kluber or Bauer, it's not to get worse in 2019. It's to have a more well-rounded roster in 2019, and it's to, honestly, it's to extend the window. Like, if you trade Kluber to the Dodgers and you get Verdugo and Maeda and another young player, well, Verdugo helps your outfield. Your starting pitching is still good. Maeda can be perfectly fine as a number four or five. And 
maybe you have a more well-rounded roster and you're more better equipped for the playoffs. And that makes you better in 2019. And you're certainly better for the long haul with Verdugo and what other, whatever other younger player you get. So that's the sort of deal I think we've all been envisioning. And no, they're not going to trade. I think both of these guys are Kluber's an ace and Bauer's on his way there. You're not going to trade an ace and then like have a just a, a much much better roster in 2019. I think we know that, but I think they can have a just a more well-rounded roster and have much better results. And I think that's what they're going for, especially knowing it'll help them in the long run. Well, it's also difficult depending on the trade too what the return is. If they move if they move a Kluber and they don't bring back significant salary in the deal. It's not just about that trade. Right. And this is why it became difficult to truly give full analysis on the Jan Gomes trade because you're still left with a piece that's unknown. Where does that money go? How is that being reallocated? That's part of the deal. So if later on you see how that $7 million gets used, you sort of lump that into what you brought back for Gomes. It would be a similar thing with Kluber or Bauer. When, if and when they move one of those guys and they don't bring back salary, it's you can't fully grasp how much that's going to impact the, the roster in 2019 until you see what they do with that money. Right. Sounds like someone else is winning. Must be nice. Uh, <laughs> no, you're right. We, we have to wait for the final, see what the final picture looks like. And I don't know. People have said all along, we've heard, I mean, even the Indians have said it like, this is going to be a different team next year. It's going to look a lot different. It's going to feel a lot different in the clubhouse with no Gomes, no Brantley, no Allen, no Miller, no Tomlin, maybe no Kluber. That's the old guard all gone. Maybe no Kipnis. Uh, and so I think, though, I think by the end of this, we'll be able to have a clearer picture and see they're younger. They have more guys under control and maybe they can extend this window for a few years. But they've, they, someone just someone just texted me and said, I just heard you on the radio. Do you need me to wire you some money? Oh, God. But if, if they accomplish what they accomplish, and I, and I think, again, like, at, on, on December, what's today? The 10th? 10th. On December 10th, like, no one has a gun to their head saying, you've got to trade Kluber in the next 48 hours. You have to. So if they do, it tell, if, if, if talks are intensifying, if, if they're getting closer to that finish line, it tells me that they're, they're happy with what they can acquire. And if they're sensible decision makers, which they've proven to be, I would think that that means they can be better short-term and long-term. Well, this is just part one of this week because we wanted to just talk about sort of this the sights and sounds and smells and everything else you might see. Just won $4. All that's doing is extending the time you sit here losing your money. They've just got to that, dangle that carrot just far enough in front of your face that you continue to sit here and slam your $20 bills in there. Uh, but yeah, getting back to this, this is just the part one of this week. We're going to come back later this week and recap everything that happens. And if, if a mega deal goes down, this might become a three-parter this week. Who knows? But we... So I wanted to give you guys something to munch on at the beginning of this. Speaking of mega deals, I'm out of money. <laughs> what would be, before we wrap up this part one of this week and come back later, 
what would be the most surprising thing that could happen here within the realm of possibility? I would say probably like seeing Terry Francona dancing on one of the blackjack tables. I said surprising, not likely. Um, it's weird because like with the Indians, it, it, it's there's like one thing that we all think they're going to do and they can't really do much else until they do that one thing and yet I still think when we first learn that like they've traded Corey Kluber, Trevor Bauer, even though we've been expecting it all along, I'm still going to sit there and stare at my screen like, holy shit, for a few minutes. Um, it's weird. You know, they've talked for so long about how the rotation is the foundation of that team. And at first we thought that foundation was like Masterson and Ubaldo. Ubaldo. And it's, it's taken a lot of time to, to transform it and, and develop these pitchers to the point where it's like, you better make sure what you're doing is right and will work. Yeah. And you have kidding. to take a risk. They, they have to. They have to turn over this roster. And this is probably the way to do it. But I'm sure Chris Antonetti has lost a lot of sleep and will lose a lot of sleep this winter and next season because there will be certain points where the rotation struggles for a little bit and you're like well shit wish we had Kluber still and I mean that happened last year beginning of the year there were times where the rotation struggled two two years ago when yeah. Kluber was hurt at the beginning yeah. of the year and Carrasco was the guy the only guy that you could count on every five days to go out there and give you a solid effort I mean they have tough stretches so it inevitably is going to come but they better be right about all the belief they have in Shane Bieber, and I understand why they have that faith. But sure. again, they better be right about it. They better be right about having enough depth behind this rotation to trade one of these guys if they don't bring back a starter. There's a hell of a lot of risk here. But as you you and I talked about and kind of alluded to, at the beginning of this offseason, I'm okay with them trying to do something different. Yes. Because the, the status quo coming back with a similar roster, in my eyes, was, was just going to lead to similar results. Yeah, and you don't just trade Kluber or Bauer for a package that you're like, okay, this is fair. You have to win. You know, We've seen them win so many times before in trades. Their trade record is remarkable. But it's a, lo- it's a lot of those have been under the radar. And this is new territory. Um, this is a trade you rarely see in baseball and it's you know that the team that acquires Kluber or Bauer is going to reap some benefits especially because you are dealing with contenders like the Dodgers are sitting there thinking holy shit we could have Kershaw Kluber and Bueller to anchor our rotation good night National League and oh by the way we've made the World Series the last two years uh the Yankees could be sitting there thinking man, we added Paxton, now we might be able to add Bauer. And, oh, well, we had to trade an outfielder to the Indians. Well, we can go sign Bryce Harper. Like, there are te- like the team that the Indians deal with is going to win in one way or no- yeah. another. So the Indians have to make sure this is a win-win trade. And those are, those are tough to come by, I think. Yeah, I mean, 
most Actually, situations, I, let me rephrase if, that. If the, if the GM ever leaves the table thinking they've lost immediately, well, yeah. why did you make the trade but unless no. you just were that desperate to clear some this salary? This is so rare that it's not even a win-win. In the words of Michael Scott, it's the very rare win-win-win. Uh, that's what you strive for. And uh, that's going to be tough to pull off. All right, well, we'll be back at some point later this week, maybe twice, maybe three times. Maybe Zach will just have that's to. That's what I said to the blackjack dealer, and, well, here we are. keep hitting. I told you not to hit on 19. Best family guy <laughs> skit is when Peter hits on 19 and 20 and 21. Uh, so we will be back at some point later this week with a random Indian and all the random other bells and whistles. And hopefully Zach still has the shirt that's on his back at that point And we'll have better news. But we will break down anything that happens and will happen between now and then. Keep it locked here to the podcast. Be to, to, uh, sure to subscribe. Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Anchor, and the billion other places you can listen to this podcast. And any parting words before we send people away for the rest of this week? Please Venmo me. (laughs) You can hit up Zach for his information. Just DM him on Twitter. Until later this week, we're out of here. See you.